Hey there, do you love pet content and want more of it? If so, please hit the subscribe button. Your support helps keep this content free and lets me know you're enjoying the show. So please hit that subscribe button and maybe even give us a review while you're at it. Thank you. I'd like to introduce you to a couple of friends of mine. I'm Jay. I'm Adrian. And together we are the, the Two Crazy Cat Ladies. Ladies. Yes, they do that a lot. You may have seen some of their content online, including their very informative cat tips of the day. And while these ladies have a breadth of knowledge to share, some of the lessons they've learned were earned the hard way, including with one of their cats, Mr. Biddles. Usually you just don't even think about like, what do my cat's teeth need? Should we brush their teeth? That's not even a thought process, right? Until one of our cats, we found his tooth in our bed, it had rotted out and his insides and we were like, oh my. And then we went looking for the cat that was missing a tooth. You know, they're very stoic. It's not like they're saying, hey, I got a toothache. Probably six months or however long it took. It was really bad. You know, of course we took him to the vet and he needed several teeth removed. So that was really the beginning of recognizing that this is something that we need to be paying attention to, but it's not easy, right? When's the last time your cat was like, ooh, check it out, the third from the back tooth has a little bit of a harder on it. Mr. Biddle's problems were just the tip of the iceberg, though. Two of their other cats, Scotch and Mama, also wound up with dental issues that necessitated tooth removal. Unfortunately, this story is not uncommon. But pet parents can be proactive here, just like Adrian and Jay. So we've learned that it really makes a big difference to start really slow and small, get your cats used to you just touching their mouth mouth and opening their mouth and taking a look in there. And that's really where it kind of has to start. With our younger cats now, that's been easier to get them to adapt to. Mm -hmm. But when we learned it and we had older cats, they were like, So that's where you have to be vigilant about those annual dentals. And I love that veterinarians usually have like a dental month where they offer a discount. It can be expensive, but yeah, it's about you really paying attention. Whether you have cats or dogs or other pets in your life, you have to do your part to keep them healthy. And that includes taking care of their mouths. But what does good pet dental health look like? And how can pet parents spot the signs that their furry friends might need some dental help? Coming up after the break, I'll talk to Dr. Todd McCoy, a certified pet dentist about all things pet dental health. And for more content with the Crazy Cat Ladies, check out Instagram and YouTube. Stick with us. I don't know about you, but I love to take my new puppy Teddy everywhere I can. And when I do, I want to make sure to have some good treats on hand for when I need them. Our favorite is Blue Nudges on-the-go treats. They are made with real USA chicken as the first ingredient and no artificial flavors or preservatives. And my favorite part, they are packed in a convenient reusable flip-top container that fits right in your cup holder. So these meaty treats are an easy and healthy way to reward your dog on the go. Purchase Nudges on-the-go wherever you buy pet treats. All right. Welcome back to Life with Pets. Dr. Todd McCoy, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. I guess let's start at the beginning and like have a general overview of 
pet dentistry, pet oral health. <laughs> Just give yeah, me yeah. some of the basics. What some is involved? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so what people need to know is if you have anything with teeth, whether that's a dog or a cat or a horse or a cow, whatever hamster, pocket pet, <laughs> it's going to sooner or later have some problems. Mm-hmm. And what people don't know that dental disease is the number one problem in dogs and cats. It's the number one health issue. It hits them the earliest. If you have a dog or a cat that's a year and a half to two years old and up, it's at least got gingivitis. And that's where periodontal disease starts. It's at least got dental calcus and tartar, which leads to gingivitis, the plaque and the biofilm on the teeth, uh, leads to periodontal disease. So that's where it all starts. And most diseases don't start that early. So they should, so, so people should know that dental disease is real. It affects your quality of life in the short term and the long term. And when you finally go to the vet and your pet realizes, don't feel guilty like you haven't been doing something right. It's it's natural. And think about also pets don't live as long as us, right? Life expectancy for some dogs might be 14 to 15 years, whereas people might be 70, 80 years. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of things can happen really fast if you have a 14-year lifespan. Right. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. Now, I think you you touched on a little bit, like some common misconceptions, issues that you see, like people feeling kind of guilty, you know, yeah, about yeah. their their pet's dental health. I know I, know I had a, a dog. He passed away earlier this year. He made it to 15 years old. He like yeah. he had a good long good. life, but he good. hated getting his teeth yeah. brushed. And so like yeah. at the end yeah. of the day, like there came a point where I'm like, I'm just he hates this so much. I'm yeah. just not going to bother with it. Yeah. Like, this is not worth yeah. it. He had, you know, a few of his teeth pulled later in life. So, like, what are some mm-hmm. of the things that, like, common pet, you know, parent issues, concerns, misconceptions yeah. that come up like that? Yeah. So, so definitely brushing is important. And studies show that you have to brush pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. What I tell my clients is, you know, if they ask me, how often should I brush? You really should brush every day. But studies show also... Now, if you can get three to four times a weekend, that's great. Mm-hmm. If you get in there less than that, you're not doing so much. So if you take your dog to the groomer every month, every month, every six weeks, and you say, hey, brush the teeth here. Well, that one day out of the past four <laughs> to six weeks doesn't really catch up, right? right? Yeah. So, so you may as well say that, what, 20, 30 bucks, whatever you pay on the brush of dog's teeth, it's not enough. Another thing you should also is a lot of pets just won't let you do it. And your, your, your story just now is very, very common. Probably maybe even applies to a lot of dogs and maybe most dogs, mm-hmm. some people would say, and a lot of cats won't let you. So it's a partnership between you and the vet, your veterinarian. So people, I encourage listeners to ask their veterinarian every, every visit, how's his mouth looking? You know, they're, they're going to walk in that room. They have to look at the whole pet. You go over whatever you brought in there for the vaccines or the hormone test or whatever, but you got to make time for that exam. You got to raise the lips, open that mouth, look at the teeth, look at the tongue, and make time to look and talk and be ready when that pet's two years old and up. They need to go under anesthesia mm-hmm. for a professional cleaning at the vet veterinarian's office. And if there are teeth that need to come out, don't be shy about it, right? Vets don't really prefer to pull teeth, but if it's bad, it needs to go. So some people have hangouts about their pets losing teeth, and I want to dispel that now because the teeth we're targeting are teeth that are problematic, right. the teeth that are painful, the teeth that are infected. So we're not going to pull teeth to pull teeth. We're going to pull them because it makes this pet's quality of life improve. Right, because you think about it, if, you're, if your tooth hurts, you're not going to want to eat or you're going to want to like do something on the other side. <laughs> one time my crown, my crown fell off one of my teeth mm-hmm. one time and I couldn't wait. I called my dentist and I bugged him, please get me in, you know, <laughs> put this thing back on. Yeah. I mean, because I could feel it, right? So dogs and cats cannot communicate that to us. 
They just can't talk. And some people tell me, Dr. McCoy, you know, I, I, you know, he's not painful. I swear he's not because he would let me know. He, could, he I, I could tell. Right. Well, you really can't. Mm-hmm. You really can't. Right. So maybe he might give you some clues or signs, but most of them don't. And most of my clients, when they come in the room, a lot of times they're surprised at how much pathology has to be found in the mouth when we start looking. Wow. I mean, it's yeah. I, I'm sure we won't even like we'll get into it a little bit, but I think it. Yeah. you could tell stories about the things that you find in these dogs mouth these cats oh, mouth yeah. Oh, yeah. craziness oh, but you think. mentioned something yeah. i did want to touch on and this is something i was just talking to my friend about today he 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 and i both got new puppies recently so he's about a month he's about a month behind me so i have a 5 month old yeah. he's got a 4 month yeah. old and we're talking about yeah. like we want to make like, keep them healthy all this stuff and he is worried about dentistry specifically and and, and getting his dog under anesthesia. And I think that's a big yeah. concern for a yeah. lot of pet parents. Yeah. And you mentioned that yeah. like, you gotta do it. So yeah. I want to talk about yeah. why do you gotta do it? Like, what is the yeah. reasoning behind that? And are there other ways to do it? Hillary, that is a super great question. <laughs> I'm so glad you asked because number one, hands down, the number one client concern that I see in my exam every single day is anesthesia. Mm-hmm. They have concerns and no one should take anesthesia lightly. I am not here to downplay it. You know, whenever anybody goes under anesthesia, whether it's you or me or a pet or an animal, there's a risk involved. So so why is it necessary? Because you cannot accurately diagnose and treat dental disease in dogs and cats without anesthesia. If it's you and me, we go to a dentist, we sit in the chair, we sit still, they probe our teeth, they do an oral exam, they take x-rays, we hold the thing that's uncomfortable in our mouth where they take the x-rays. But we sit for that because we understand. They don't understand, mm-hmm. right? And so that pit has to go under. They're not going to sit still and let you take x-rays and clean our teeth. And plus, cleaning our teeth requires anesthesia because it's uncomfortable sometimes. They have more disease than us. They tend to have a lot more pathology than us. You have to address the issues while they're, you know, while they're there. So you've got the vet has a lot to do when they're asleep. He has to diagnose, he has to treat, and then the teeth that are healthy, they have to be clean and polished. And no pet awake is going to tolerate that. So to 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 mitigate the risk of anesthesia, here's where it starts. Right? It's important if you're my client. I want to know everything about your pet that you can tell me. Has it been on there before? How did he do the last time he went under? What medications is he on? You know, what are some some of the health issues he's got? I want to find out how healthy he is, first of all. I want to know the history, the problems in the past, any allergies, things like that. Secondly, he has to pass my exam. I'm going to listen to their heart lungs first. And honestly, before I even look in the mouth, I'm talking to my client about the pet's overall health. And so by the time I get to the mouth, I've already listened to the heart, listened to its lungs, did a physical exam. Is it in good body condition or is it body condition or is it thin and wasting away? Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I want to find out about this pet's overall health first by physical. Heart sounds have to be great. Lungs have to be clear, strong pulse quality. Next, we're going to do a blood screen and I'm going to draw blood. I'm going to do a metabolic profile. And depending on your pet's age, I may run a bigger profile if it's older, a small, smaller profile if it's two or three years old. I'm interested in cardiac function, renal, fun- uh, renal function, uh, liver function, pet's blood counts. So it's got to pass that metabolic screen. And the older they are, the maybe the bigger panel I might run. And if it's really a senior pet or dog or a cat, I might even do chest x-rays to take a look and make sure their heart and lungs are clear mm-hmm. before we put them under. So so if, if all these tests are successful and the results were good and that pet, I tell my clients, if he passes, then you just put that pet in probably that 90-something percentile of animals that do really, really well with the procedure. And again, I still can't say 100%. 
but a lot of things and things can happen spontaneously that we can't foresee. Right. But most pets do really, really well. Right, because you did uh, such, you a, such a thorough screening, so you're yeah, making absolutely. sure. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. So you have to let your vet run those screens, and then you, of course you got to sign a waiver that you know that things can still happen. But uh, but things are less, much less likely to happen if you screen them carefully. How long does the whole process take? Like if I'm taking my dog to a specific pet dentist, and you got to go yeah, through all of yeah. this, how, give yeah. give me a rundown so pet parents are aware. <laughs> I tell you, in an office like mine, uh, if it's a specialty veterinary dentist office, we tend to allow a little more time. Like if you go to a regular vet's office, they're busy. Mm-hmm. That, vet's, that, that general practitioner is going to see you and five, six other people maybe in an hour, right? So you might get 10 to 15 minutes with a doctor if you're fortunate. If you go to a general practice, maybe five to 10 minutes. If you go to specialists, we tend to carve out more time. So at my office, we book 40 to 45 minute slots, sometimes longer if the pet's not doing so well. So we're going to we're gonna take a good look. We're going to talk about what's involved. And I'm going to go through that pet's mouth. I, I like my clients. I, I wear a headlight so they can see, mm-hmm. so I can see. So the mouth is, is, I got good lighting. And I ask them to sometimes stand beside me. Let's look together. Right. So we look together and I kind of show them the problems. Sometimes the pet kind of times us out. He doesn't tolerate all that. But when I can, most of the time I get away with it. Yeah. So we talk about uh, the pet's condition. I show them the pet's condition. Then we talk about, you know, here's what I think is going on. We and my staff steps out of the room because they've been there to help me out this whole time. And they go and put together a treatment plan that, that will have the cost involved. Meanwhile, I'm in the room explaining the procedure. Here's how it's going to work. You're gonna, we're, gonna, we're gonna schedule a day to bring this pet in for anesthesia. Let's run labs today so we can get the results back so we can do this procedure next week or whenever the, the plan gets in schedule. Mm-hmm. So that's typically how the process goes. The pet comes in on the, the, the procedure that typically are with us most of the day. We start everything early in the morning, bring it in fasted, and the procedure is uh, occurring when they wake up and go into recovery, then I call the client and give them a full update. And typically, early to mid-afternoon, my patients that had procedures that day, they're going home. Mm-hmm. All right. That's a typical day with us. So the exam first, procedure later. But a lot of conversation and a lot of, I want to make sure my client, when, when they walk out of the room, they need to have all their questions answered. Yeah. Right. I, I, want, I want a 40, 45-minute visit with, with my time and her time or his time well spent. So what are some of the most common things that bring pet parents to you? Whether it's it's <laughs> yeah. uh, like if I'm a pet parent, I'm, you know, just bringing them in for a cleaning. That's one thing. But yeah. what is bringing yeah. them in like for other situations that are in their. So, 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 yeah. So Hillary, almost always uh, either the client notices something or they took the dog or cat in for an annual checkup and their doctor noticed. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it could be something like bad halitosis, bad breath, breath odor is very common. So dogs don't normally have bad breath? They're not supposed to have bad uh, breath? I mean, <laughs> that's kind of a true question. It kind of depends on what he's been doing with his mouth. You know? So I'll get, I'll fair, get on that. Fair. But yeah, but but chronic persistent halitosis is a sign to get that mouth looking okay. at, right? So, you look, so that's a very common presentation. People see problems. The gums are swollen. The gums are mm-hmm. angry. The gums are red. There's a lot of buildup and calculus on the teeth. And they even see, a lot of my clients will see broken teeth, missing teeth, and they have questions. And sometimes the dog will even be showing you signs. He'll pick up food or drop it. Or, you know, the cat may walk to that bowl to eat, and then it opens its mouth to eat, and it's painful. So it screams and runs away from the food bowl. But it's hungry. It wants to eat, but it's uncomfortable to eat. So things like that will bring people in. But those are very common problems, visually, things that they see in the mouth and behavior that the animals display. 
Got it. And uh, so you talked about something kind of like hit on me because like I mentioned, yeah. I have a I have a puppy, he's five months old. So he's doing his teething thing. And there was yeah, a, yeah, there was yeah. like a, a week where like he had he was losing his teeth and like he was yeah. really sl- he was really <laughs> slow to eat because I think his yeah. mouth was really bugging him. And yeah. I was like so yeah. concerned. I was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with him? Yeah. And like when I went, I brought him to the vet for his, you know, his shots and things. I was like, can you just can you look at his mouth and make sure everything's OK in his mouth? Like, I'm kind of worried. And she's yeah. like, oh, he's you know, he's just teething. He's losing his teeth, he's getting yeah. his adult teeth. So talk yeah. me through some of the the phases that pets go yeah, through with yeah. their teeth. What should a pet parent be worried about for a puppy versus, yeah, you know, a, yeah. a younger dog, a yeah. senior dog, all these stages. Yeah, so I'll walk you through it. So typically they begin to erupt their teeth around four weeks old. Mm-hmm. And I'm not sure what breeds are. What, what breeds He's are a Cavapoo. Yeah. So probably a what small to medium sized yep. dog, probably, probably full grown in the teens, maybe Yeah. weight wise. Yeah. So, um, Typically, at, at, at about four weeks old, they begin to erupt the teeth, and it's typically the incisors. Um, but but as they erupt their teeth, um, they 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 erupt their uh, incisors, canines, and premolars. And what you will find as they get older, typically around four four months or so, they begin to shed yeah. erupt teeth. Right. So the the maxillary, the upper and lower incisors tend to come in first. So in the transition time, four to five weeks, they're losing baby teeth. Excuse me, four to five months, rather. Sometimes six months on some dogs. So four to six months, they're losing baby teeth. They're erupting adult teeth. And that's the time that you describe. Yeah, you're finding teeth are falling yep. out sometimes. Yep. And their breast smells in. Yeah. Because their gums are active. I mean, you could look in the mouth. Sometimes these gums are bleeding. Yeah, he's you got see red gums. Teeth. Yeah. Yeah, their gums are angry and swollen. And you can feel the lymph nodes. You know, sometimes they're kind of swollen around the, around the neck because there's an active process in the mouth. But that's a normal, healthy process. Mm-hmm. So you'll see this, what we call exfoliation phase, losing these teeth, and the eruption phase of the permanent teeth that are coming in through the gums and through the gingiva. And typically, most dogs, by the time they're six, seven months old, they, they're done with the baby teeth and they have adult teeth. What I tell my clients, if I look in that dog's mouth, and to go to your question, common problems we see with these ages, if I look in that mouth and this puppy's nine months old, eight, nine, ten months old, and I still see puppy teeth, that's a signal. Mm-hmm. You know, it should have fallen out. So, it, so they're so retained baby teeth. We see that sometimes, particularly on small breed dogs. Uh, on a lot of puppies, we see malocclusions. So the teeth, the mouth just doesn't open and close properly. Whether they have a like an underbite or an overbite, sure. or they could have certain teeth that are crooked or not coming in properly. So malocclusions are very common. Typically, we don't see a lot of infectious-type diseases on puppies, right? So you start to see your periodontal disease and infection kind of problems when, they, when they're older. And so when you hit that window, they're, when they're you're old, he, should have, he or she should have adult teeth. They should still be you know, healthy gums. And over, between one and two years old, they're going to start building up dental calculus and plaque and begin to get gingivitis in that you know, one-and-a-half mm-hmm. to three-year-old window. And that's why I tell people, start bringing me in, have your, have your doctor check them out, have your veterinarian take a look, and talk about your pet's dental health and how to manage it. You know, what can you do on your part? What can the vet do on his or her part? And keep in mind, Hillary, also, if you take your pets in for, you know, dental, dental work and dental procedure on there, it's easier. That's one day. Right. And that animal's going to go there that morning faster. They're going to do the procedure. That animal's going to go on with, that, with you, the owner, that day. And the other 364 days of the year, you know, he's not going to be getting his teeth clean unless you do it. 
So a lot of people put a lot of pressure on the, on the veterinarian. You know, his teeth are dirty. He just cleaned his, his, his teeth six months ago. Well, you got to help me out. You know, you got to help maintain that. <laughs> right. Well, like we humans go once a year together, twice a year, get our teeth cleaned, but we're brushing every day. <laughs> exactly. So that's really important, Hillary. So some people feel like, you know, there's no responsibility. Really and truly, I tell people, honestly, most of the responsibility kind of falls on my clients. So if you can't brush, there's rinses. Mm-hmm. If you can't do rinses, there's shoes. Yeah. There's water additives. There's things that you can do that necessarily may not be brushing. Brushing is the best. But there are things you can do to help to help supplement keeping those teeth clean. Yeah, I want to, and I want to talk about some of those things because, like, there's brushing, like you said. I know Blue Buffalo makes these like dental chews. So I want to talk about yeah, like what is, yeah, what are the yeah. efficacy of all of these different things that pet parents could be doing every day. Here's what I tell my clients: brushing hands down is the most effective way because that brush mechanically moves the plaque in uh, the buildup from the teeth, hands down. And so a toothpaste, a toothpaste on a toothbrush, number one, and not many pe- people probably will dispute me on that. Let me stop you right there. Yeah. A toothpaste that's specifically for a dog, yeah. correct? Yeah. <laughs> or, uh, or a pet or whatever, a cat or yeah. whatever. So, so, you, so you have to use it on a toothpaste, though. You have to. And uh, you have to use them. Don't, don't ever use people toothpaste. Uh, they have fluoride, right? And that can be a GI irritant to dogs. Mm-hmm. So don't use fluoride. Don't, don't use human toothpaste at all. I'm glad you asked me that. Thank you for pointing that out. So a pair of toothpaste by, by far is what you want to use. So I tell people brushing and toothpaste is, is the best. Uh, if they won't let you do it, then we've got some antibacterial rinses mm-hmm. and gels that you put on the teeth and put on the gums. You squirt those on it. You rub them on with your finger. So those are applied topically. And, and then there's also chews. There's a couple of good companies out there that make chews. What are some preventable issues? Like if you do all these things, you yeah. can prevent this versus like things that are just going to happen and it's normal. Yeah. Periodontal disease and gingivitis is just going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have, that's probably go to dentist every year, right? So they can clean our teeth because we can't get them clean as we need to. So the ultrasonic spirit that we use to clean our teeth, we use it on dogs and cats as well. So gingivitis and periodontal disease, uh, it's going to happen. And so they have to go in. I recommend every, probably every 12 to 18 months, that you get in there and clean your pet's teeth on the end of the season. And so even though gingivitis isn't preventable, you're controlling it. Mm-hmm. You're maintaining that pet with frequent cleanings and you're keeping that disease under control. Uh, and over time, you know, sometimes attractions are going to be inevitable. Some of my clients get upset, you know, the dog's 14, 15, I have to put some teeth. Well, you know what? I don't see many 14, 15, even 12, 10-year-old dogs that have all their teeth. They just don't, you know, so they're going to lose them. So accept the fact that the dog's, the dog's going to lose teeth over time uh, or through its life. You know what? It's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. It's going to be fine if they lose teeth. Um, and they do well. As a matter of fact, they're healthier because the teeth we take out again, they're the, they're the unhealthy ones. So, but the things that are totally preventable, I mean, the things that the, the trauma-induced problems, you know, you, uh, us giving them the wrong things. They broke their teeth because we gave them the antler, or we gave them the, you know, the, the bully stick, or we gave them the, the hard nylon chew. Mm-hmm. And, but we mean well, and the package even said we could give right. it to yep. them. Right, yep, safe for pets, all they dropped them off at the groomer, mm-hmm. dropped them off at the groomer, and that's just, there's this big container of, of, of pig's hooves and, and pig's ears oh, yeah. and, and cow hooves. It all sounds good, but they're all dangerous right. until you pay the teeth. Yeah. So okay. So and that brings me to something else I want to talk about, which is you know pets, especially dogs, love to play. Like they love to tug, they love to chew. Yeah. When is it 
safe playing? Like when when should you like be worried? Like pe- pets have, especially dogs, they have strong mouths, you think. Yeah, yeah. So how do you know if like it's too much or too rough or the thing that you're playing with is not safe? You know, if your pet has a healthy mouth, uh, Hillary and to our listeners, that shouldn't be a problem. Okay. Right? So where I see the problem is if they have some health issues, you know, if they have teeth that are painful, if there are teeth that are loose. A lot of times if they have really severe periodontal disease, the disease affects the gums, then it affects the bones and the socket around the tooth root. And then you know what? You get astromyelitis in the jaws and mandibles. Mm-hmm. And they can even fracture. I've seen pets even break their jaws from plays or playing even fighting. But when I look at those animals, they already had really serious disease and the client didn't know. So so if, if that pet is healthy, this animal that's playing total war with you or with the other housemates, other animal in the mm-hmm. house, that should be fine. And, and any animal should be able to hold up to that if their mouth and their teeth are healthy. So you mentioned that the the pet parent didn't know that something was wrong. Yeah. How can, yeah, and we talked yeah. a little bit about like some of the signs, uh-huh. red gums, all these things, yeah. bad breath. Yeah. How, what are some other symptoms, things that pet parents could, should look out for or ask their vet about when they're going for their Yeah. Breath? So, I mean, and so a lot of these things you can do at the house, mm-hmm. we just open the mouth and take a look mm-hmm. and raise his lips or her lips and look at the teeth. If you see gums that are not, well, gums that are red and flame swollen, any bleeding gums, if you see a lot of buildup on the teeth, take them in and have them seen. Um, so that's the simplest thing that I, that I can tell you that we can all do if the animal will let you. You know, I think I mentioned halitosis to you already. That's going to be a yeah. common sign. And really, you just have to ask your doctor because your doctor really should be your advocate. The, the doctor should be your veterinarian. should be your partner with this. And uh, make time when you're there. Don't forget that the, when, the, when you go in for the, whatever, whatever your pets do for the vaccines, part of that visit is the examination. And so ask them, you know, because a lot of us were busy, right? We're running that room. There's someone in the next room we got to go and see. There's one that we never got to go and see. Mm-hmm. I mean, take the time, stop and say, hey, look, can you take a look at his mouth and tell me what, I, what you think I should do? What, how do you think his mouth looks? So engage in that conversation. Make the time yourself. Ask your doctor to take the time. And then uh, and, and you typically, typically, if you've done that, you can pick up most of the problems. And, and another thing, Hillary, also. Um, when they're asleep, we can see everything. When I say asleep, I mean j- j- under anesthesia, right? We-, we can see all the problems when we go through their mouth and take x-rays. On that exam room visit, you know, they're trying to be, we're trying to keep them still. We can't see the entire mouth. We can't see 360 degrees around every tooth. But we can get a general idea about what kind of oral health your pet is in. So when they, when you do schedule your pet for a procedure, don't be surprised if they tell you or they call you and say, hey, we found some other problems. Mm-hmm. Because that's when we find a lot of our problems is when is when we put them under. And it's easy because we can't see them when they're awake on the exam table. Yeah, no, that makes sense. You actually can yeah. see everything then. A- absolutely. And you got x-rays on your screen you can look at and then you really find problems. And then that that brings me to other another question I had because oral health is not just your teeth it's it's the gums it's the you know the tongue especially i'm thinking like cats are licking constantly they get hair and fur and everything in their mouth what are some of the other parts of the mouth a a pet's mouth especially let's talk about cats because cats are very different they have different behavior than dogs like what are what are they prone to so so as as a veterinary dentist what i tell my clients hillary is i'm responsible for i'm responsible for anything inside your animals are okay Mm -hmm. so i'm responsible in a lot of ways for the lips right the the cheek tissue inside the mouth the tongue 
of the salivary glands, the salivary ducts, the tissue around the pharynx and the throat area. I'm gonna we're gonna look at all of that. Yeah. And your veterinarian should be taking a look at, at all of that when they're under anesthesia as well. Um, now you mentioned cats. Cats, you know, what's really, really key with cats, they have to groom, right? And so they have to be comfortable groomers. So if you got a cat who's not grooming well and that coat's kind of humanity and he's just not taking care of himself yep. or herself, you know, I think they're all the exams should be performed very close to make sure that the animal has a reason for not grooming itself. Tongues on cats are oh so important. Yeah. They do everything with their tongue, right? They groom themselves, they eat with their tongue. And if you have a cat with a tongue issue, uh, it's really unconscious, really painful. And sometimes they lose weight. They don't groom themselves. And you can tell they just don't feel so good. Hmm. So. Yeah. And so that that's interesting because, yeah, cats, my my mom has, uh, you know, her cat and he's always like, he's got long hair and always yeah. grooming himself. They're grooming all the time. All right? the time, yeah. constantly. So, so, like, that's, that, so that's normal. That's normal, healthy behavior for him. So if for some yeah. reason he stops doing that, that's a big warning sign. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A change in grooming habits is, it should be a big indicator. We know what's wrong with this guy. He's not taking care of himself. Mm -hmm. And they don't, it's not that he just gets tired of, get tired of personal hygiene. <laughs> <You laughs> I'm know? so tired of yeah, this. I'm, tired. I'm, I'm bored. I need, day, a, right? I need a new hobby. <laughs> Yeah, so typically they have a reason for not wanting to take care of themselves. So you want to investigate that. So behavior changes are very important. Yeah. Do cats have a, a similar like teething cycle? Do they have baby teeth and adult <laughs> teeth and all that? Yeah, yeah, they, they actually do. Yes, ma'am, they do. Uh, pretty much the, the timeline is about the same okay. as well. So that really, all right. So they're very similar. Yeah. Is there ever like do you ever see patients that are presenting? You know, you're a, a, a patient comes in and they're like you know, something's up with my dog or my cat. And like, how, how long does it take you to figure out what the problem is? Like, is it, is it ever like a, a mystery or is it always kind of like you can get to the root once you do that, that under anesthesia exam? So most of the time, uh, when, I, when I've done my oral exam with the paid awake, mm -hmm. I have an idea. Okay. I have an idea. Most of the time, <laughs> not every time, but I have an idea. And then the second portion is, is the day they actually come in on the schedule and, and they're there for a procedure. And once I've done my, you know, it, it, the dental radiographs, I've done a good oral examination, probing, prison probing, I look for oral pathology. Then I can, I can probably, you know, diagnose 90 something percent of them there. Uh, we do have a comb beam CT and we scan a lot of our pets, probably not all of them, but a lot of them. That really helps out. So I'm going to tell you most of the time, 90 something percent of the time, we get to the root of the problems. There's some outliers out there. I mean, that's big in practice, right? Whether you're a veterinarian or whatever else you're doing, you're going to have some tough cases that you have to really work hard on figuring out. So, again, that's part of being in clinical practice. What's been your toughest case that you've had? <laughs> oh, wow. Hilly, my toughest case. I don't know if I, in my mind, if I, if I have any one certain case that was really, really tough. You're, yeah, you're, you're not stack you, ranking them. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, you know, but, but I can tell you there are some cases that I want clients to know going into it. This might get difficult. And so cats have this condition called chronic gingival stomatitis. And chronic gingival stomatitis is this, what we believe is an autoimmune-mediated disease, inflammatory disease process of the gums, of the oral mucosa, the cheek tissue, even the tissue of the throat. Sometimes the tissue of the tongue, sometimes the tissue of the lips, sometimes the tissue of the palate, right, mm -hmm. gets inflamed. And, you know, there are things we do to help control that and treat that, uh, including dental extractions to control that. 
But even with, with a lot of these chronic gingival dermatitis patients, I think the studies I read last that came out a few years ago shows that sometimes, you know, two out of three pets get better, right? Which means one out of three don't. And so they stay the same, that one out of three, or they can even get worse. So those are the kind of cases that I tell my clients up front. Here's what I think is going on. Let's perform this procedure. And here, here are the statistics and the odds. Here's what I believe the, the what this latest latest study show your prognosis is, but you gotta understand twenty five thirty percent of them may not respond to this, mm-hmm. right? So then we go to chronic medications, right? Things to make them drugs to make them feel better, yeah. Drugs to help suppress the inflammatory response, yeah. things like that. So, so, um, so there are definitely diseases out there that I wish I could eradicate altogether. That that we just can't give clients one hundred percent. That they're gonna do great. Yeah, once we do this I think work. that's tough yeah. in in any kind of medical profession for humans for animals. There's always those things that's like there's just not much we can guarantee yeah. here. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we have a couple things before we wrap up. Before we get into like a, a little bit more of your personal history, is there any dentist topics that I should have talked about that I didn't talk about? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, sure. I mean, we covered the most common thing: uh, periodontal disease. We talked about home care. We talked. There's a condition called tooth disruption in cats. You know, uh, it's kind of, sort of a, it's a, we still believe it's an autoimmune type problem, mm-hmm. but it's a decay process. And when I describe tooth disruption to my clients, I use words that they might understand, that they're familiar with. So when I say cavities, right, we have cavities. Mm-hmm. Well, dogs and cats don't really, they can, but they really don't get cavities like us. But they get this decay process where their body begins to break down their own dental tissue. That's what tooth disruption is. And that's really prevalent in cats. It can happen in dogs too. Oh, wow. But it's prevalent in cats. So, so those are the biggies. Periodontal disease, tooth disruption, and of course, trauma. You know, broken teeth, things like that, uh, abscess teeth. Those are by far most of the things I see in practice. Makes sense. All right. So a couple things before we wrap up. The first being... What resources would you like to point pet parents to, whether that's your organizations yeah. or general dentist information that pet parents should know? So a couple of websites. If they want to find out more about me and my office, easy, just go to LoneStarAnimalDentist.com. That's LoneStarAnimalDentist.com. It's one of our websites for one office. Our second office is TexasVeterinaryDentalCenter.com. TexasVeterinaryDentalCenter.com. Now, if they want to find out more about pet health overall, the AVMA, which is the American Veterinary Medical Association, has some pretty good information on their website. So if you just Google in your search engine, AVMA Dental Health, mm-hmm. that's AVMA Dental Health in your search engine, you're going to find some good links to some good pages on the AVMA website. Now, a lot of clients ask me about shoes. What can I give my dog and give my cat that's safe, right? That's safe and been approved. The Veterinary Oral Health Council, that's V-O-H-C, V-O-H-C dot org. VOHC.org, go to that website, and they have some, some uh, pages there about that, that talk about uh, dental disease in dogs and cats. And they have that engine, that uh, uh, website is driven towards products that have been researched and approved that are safe for your pet that effectively reduce plaque and tartar in your dog or cat's mouth. So that's a good resource. Perfect. I love it. Okay. So yeah. everybody check out all of those resources. And um, finally, the last question I often say it can be the hardest question. I get a lot of strange answers to this one. No, it's okay. Here we go. If you could be any animal, what animal would you be? (laughs) And what would be your favorite activity? (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my God. Hillary, you know, I've never actually thought about that. <laughs> but I gotta tell you this. I think I want to be a bird. Okay. Okay. You know why? Yeah. Because I can choose to stay on the ground or I can choose to fly in the air. Yeah. Right? And I like seeing stuff and doing stuff. So I think being a bird is really cool. You know, I can be on the ground and look at it at eye level, or I can take flight and look at it above, right? You get and all these I, perspectives. I just think that's cool. Yeah. I get these perspectives, right? So so I, I got. I have to say, I, I want to be some sort of bird. I like you know, it. Not some little tiny wren, but maybe an <laughs> eagle or a, or a kite or, you know, a, a hawk or something. Some bird of prey. I love it. Good answer. <laughs> Solid. Yeah, all right. That, that, that's my answer. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Dr. Todd. Uh, this was You're great. You're welcome. It's been fun. Awesome. You've been listening to Life with Pets, the show that combines real pet stories with proven guidance from pet professionals. I'm your host, Hillary Georgie, and I hope this show has been a great resource for you as a pet parent. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. And don't forget to download the Buddies app. This episode was produced by the team at mission.org. Mission.org.